Okay, so today's episode is titled Where Cognitive Behavioral Psychology Fails. This also comes with a disclaimer. It is not intended for fellow psychologists who actually practice CBT, also known as Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. It is simply aimed at unraveling a few of the mysteries. Here we go. So CBT has established itself in the last decade as the most evidence-based psychotherapy out there, right? So, and it's true, um, as it proposes interventions that tackle the client's education delivered in short, compact sessions where they learn how to identify the irrational, dysfunctional thoughts and generate the, that generate the problematic behavior and negative emotions. The theoretical model is actually flawless in that sense. So we have the ABC model. Here we learn that our brain uses a simple algorithm that when challenged, it can actually change the outcome and propose a solution, thus enabling positive results. Let's take a look. So A in ABC stands for activating event. It can be an exam that could make or break your prospective career or a situation where someone wronged you in a way, such as a coworker being promoted instead of you for a position you were very much qualified to take on. B stands for belief. Now, this is the core of CBT. This is how our brain evaluates and interprets everything, but most importantly, the event that just occurred and is about to happen. Most of the times we have little to no access to this thought that determines how we respond to the situation. Here is where CBT does most of its work through recognition of underlying thought. That's the hard work of psychoeducation. For instance, with a case of upcoming most important exam that you have to pass, your underlying thought could be something in the lines of, I'm going to fail miserably and everyone will know that I am a loser um, and I will end up ruining my entire life. This is called catastrophic thinking and clients are thought that um, they have to identify that sort of thinking and they are thought, taught how to identify it. It takes a few techniques from the therapist's side to help the client reach to the realization of the fact that that is catastrophic thinking, completely irrational and dysfunctional. C stands for consequences. The consequences are both behavioral and emotional outcomes. So from a behavioral perspective, someone that needs to take that exam but believes it will be the end of the world if they fail could either not show up on the day of the exam or could be using dysfunctional coping mechanisms such as drinking alcohol before the exam in order to cope with the nerves or um, they could try to sabotage themselves by cheating using cheat sheets or whatever there is 
On the emotional spectrum, they could experience panic attacks, low moods, as though they have already failed and life has already been ruined for them. Or they could remain in a state of irritability, where the anger is actually aimed at oneself, but expressed onto others. So, essentially, CBT is useful to educate a client and help them understand their core beliefs, thus enabling change through offering alternative ways of thinking, of looking at a situation at hand. So, where does CBT fail? Just like any algorithm, you cannot change the mathematical equation if the data set is not formatted, if the variables are not defined accordingly, because that leaves your code with a lot of errors and the program won't compile it. Let me explain myself. So, CBT's action for resolution works through challenging the dysfunctional thought such as so the therapist might say you mentioned that if you were to fail the exam everybody will think you're a loser has anybody told you that if someone else were to fail the exam would you think they were a loser and in the event of failing Will there be no possibility to take it again after you have revised the syllabus once more? Obviously, these types of questions run the idea that the client's answers will be logical and they would have the ability to recognize that their thinking is not in tune with reality, thus offering some relief and changing the outcome towards more functional behavior and positive emotions. This doesn't always work because even though the client can see that their thinking is catastrophic, the change will not always occur. Why, you ask? (laughs) Because they come from a deep-rooted type of thinking that has actually served a lot of purpose during their childhood or even adolescents, where they had to protect protect themselves from dangers that could actually infringe on on their well-being. Maybe they had a dysfunctional relationship with one of their parents that would verbally and directly invalidate their emotions or condition their affection through their behavior their grades, their choice of friends, their hobbies. So the data set is this raw collection of negative events that have ultimately shaped their current algorithm. Their data set works for their current algorithm. If you just aim at changing the algorithm, you are left with a lot of errors of comprehension. This is where CBT fails. CBT doesn't challenge the data set. It does not address the series of events that had led to this type of thinking. And it is not interested to do so. 
CBT is only interested in the algorithm so that the output generated proposes change for the better. Here we might consider CBT versus psychoanalysis. This is actually one of the most common battle of the giants in psychology. CBT has always tried to refute psychoanalysis through every means necessary. Obviously, many of the psychoanalysis paradigms or paradigms are questionable, unscientific, and sometimes even mad. Freud himself has said this towards the end of his reign, that his views have shifted more towards philosophy rather than psychology. But psychoanalysis has one great advantage over CBT. It tackles the data set. It tackles the series of conflicts occurred during childhood, even from the earliest times where we actually lack access to the memories. Compared to CBT, psychoanalysis is a very long-term kind of therapy. It could extend to the rest of your life even. The positive changes take a lot of time to actually show and be recognized and sometimes you end up questioning why you've started therapy in the first place. So traditional psychoanalysis may still not be the answer. But you know what? Newer, more integrative approaches to psychotherapy have emerged and therapists all over the world have realized that for every algorithm there is an individual customized method for approach and they have learned that neither CBT nor any other very standardized therapy can produce positive outcome without customizing it to the client's need. But that leaves us with one more question. Is psychology even a science at this point? Well, isn't this the question, <laughs> right? My point is that it is not enough to just challenge the thinking. You cannot just overtly propose to adopt a new way of thinking and expect from the brain to act accordingly. It takes a lot of transformative processes for the brain to actually understand the need for new type of thinking. Obviously, you understand it from an intellectual perspective, but it is not enough for the brain to simply acknowledge logical reasoning in order to act according to it. It is simply not enough. The brain needs scenarios where the belief or the beliefs are actually challenged in real life, where it has to quickly opt for the most useful solution in order to ensure preservation or safety. You cannot intellectually change someone's thinking. Sure, CBT could come up and tell me, well, of course, we have exposure techniques for that. Obviously, we are aware of that. Yes, exposure is great. It is invaluably great, actually, but it can only go so far in a CBT setting, don't you think? Well, until next time, farewell and as always, be well. <laughs>